Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean, you know oh, that. Really? Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is an additional late-night episode of Election Daily, the podcast series from the Inside Politics team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. I'm joined by my colleague Fia Kelly, who's in NUIG in Galway, where the debate between seven party leaders on the Clare Byrne live show just concluded a few minutes ago. Fia, what did you think of it? Yeah, you. I thought as a debate, it was lively. Uh, Claire Byrne did a good job in keeping it going, keeping them all in line. But I don't think it's going to have changed many voters' minds a week and a half out from polling day. The nature of a seven-way debate is uh, it's quite hard to see how someone can win it outright. And I think most, if not all, of the leaders will come away happy with an element of their performances. So, for example, Michal Martin needed to start well after he was beaten by Leo Varadkar in the head-to-head debate last week. He did so he attacked Mary Lou MacDonald over his view that Sinn Féin is not a fit partner for government. Uh, but then he faded off a bit, I thought, as the debate went on. Mary Lou MacDonald, after making such a big deal out of being excluded from the head-to-heads, needed to prove that she could perform on this stage, and she did so. Now, I think, the, the, as with most of the actions Mary Lou MacDonald takes, she is pitching to a very clear section of the electorate she is not pitching to those who want to support Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil so if you are a Sinn Féin voter or if you are someone who's thinking of voting Sinn Féin you will have been happy with her performance you know it's almost such a hackneyed line the Tweedledum and Tweedledee you hear Sinn Féin people saying it so many times about Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael but she did successfully stitch them together one memorable line being you know here is one man who crashed the economy and another man who was responsible responsible for the most expensive uh, hospital in the world lecturing me about you know, managing the public finances. So she'll be happy enough. Varadkar started quietly, perhaps wanting to keep himself out of the fray while the main topic was housing and not not his strong point, not his government's strong point. But then he was given a really good opportunity towards the end of the debate with a kind of a soft-ish question on tax to stretch his legs on what he thinks Fine Gael's strong points are, the economy, who you can trust to manage the economy and who's going to cut your taxes. So he'll be happy that he managed to lay the ground for the rest of the campaign. Other smaller parties, Brendan Howell interjected well at the start a few times to get himself into the debate. He really needs to do that, like he needs to get the Labour Party into the general election full stop. Uh, Eamon Ryan, I think, started slowly uh, did well on a couple of questions such as housing, successfully kind of saying the Fine Fall and Fine Gael's policies at helping first-time buyers was just giving money to developers. And he will feel really miffed though, I think, that the climate change question didn't come until about quarter past 11 or 20 past 11. Like I would imagine the vast majority of people had turned off by that stage. Roisin Shortall probably did 
the least well out of all of them I'd say and herself and Brendan Howell and the times are indistinguishable in their positions which is pointed out to them by Claire Byrne so most of them are coming away here from NUIG they've just left in the last while spinning away to journalists as are their handlers relatively happy no major clangers but no major kind of triumphs either I generally agree with you in analysis of all of that in particular I thought that the Roisin Shorthall was the, was the least effectual of all the presenters I, I, I wasn't particularly impressed by Brendan Howe and particularly as the debate wore on as well and I wasn't sure that I was that impressed by, by Michal Martin either but you, you thought he did okay I thought he did okay I thought he look I think with these things as we discussed last week after the debate is you know you need to start well because you've got the audience for a limited period of time before they tire and switch over and I think he started well and came across responsibly and will have appeal to that middle ground voter who's seeking some reassurance from Fianna Fáil like you know Fianna Fáilers in the canvas will still tell you that there is a trust deficit with them they think they're doing well but there's a huge pause or as one of their director of elections put it to me yesterday there's a pause or a comma when people come to considering Fianna Fáil he did well but I think it seeks to emphasise again that he is his party's best if only card in this election campaign and he needs performing on all cylinders if they are to really do well on polling day like their noses are ahead now and I think he did well enough to probably keep them there but Varadkar will want to change the dynamic of the campaign over the next week I mean, there's a very clear divide on housing, it seemed to me. I mean, everybody's offering to do lots of things on housing, but there's a, you know, quite a difference between the, you know, the help to buy scheme, which Fine Gael are, uh, already have in place and are, are offering to expand more. Uh, Fianna Fáil's offer of an SSIA type scheme for first-time buyers. No such offers for first-time buyers from any of the other parties. Much more of a focus on the state having a much more interventionist role and in providing not just traditional social or council housing, but in, in the case of Eamon Ryan, a, a Vienna-style uh, proposal to provide public housing for everybody who needs it regardless of income yeah that's true and it was quite it was quite noticeable you were right that this, this split between the big two and, and the rest on that particular issue and it was almost like the rest of the parties of the left ganged up on the other two on that particular point as we said Eamon Ryan saying you know you're just handing money back to developers here and it was noticeable that Brendan Howland got a cheer when he called for an immediate rent freeze also Richard Boyd Barrett who we haven't mentioned yet got a good few cheers in this debate on very left-wing topics such as attacking the banks, attacking the vulture funds for how they've kind of disrupted the housing market. But I think it's kind of hard to see how his popularity in the room will translate to popularity in the country, if if you know what I mean. Um, but it was distinguishable on that front, all right. And I think also as well, Howlin and uh, Eamon Ryan and Roisin Shortall and the Richard Boy Barrett were also quite clear that they didn't want many, if any, tax cuts, actually, that what Leo Varadkar was offering and what Michal Martin was offering in a much more peaceful manner were not what they wanted. They think that the emphasis has to be wholly on services and infrastructure. So there was a clear divide there between the participants, you're right. It was interesting, wasn't it, because there's always a fear with these things that there's going to be a lot of cutting across and it's going to be all very incoherent and shouty. There wasn't a lot of that. Um, it seemed to me that the, was the, you know, the, the three main party leaders were attacked a bit more and attacked each other a bit more, tried to cut across each other a bit more and that's completely understandable because they're the ones who are kind of contesting with the most contested ground in a way I suppose one of the things you, you point out Richard Boyd Barrett and the, the you know the applause from the crowd but nobody bothered to interrupt Richard Boyd Barrett they usually took his speeches as a chance to maybe s- sit back for a minute and take a sip of water Yeah because how, how do you debate someone like Richard Boyd Barrett who is you know 
very much of the left. You're not going to agree if you're one of the mainstream parties with the policy proposals he is putting forward. And there's no way you can probably win against somebody who is who is making statements that are kind of probably a bit broader in their sweep and are more, you know, designed to, I suppose, garner that type of applause line. So that they were content to sit back at times and let each other fight it out. And it was almost like only when the direct opponent was doing well that they felt they needed to interject. So you saw Michal Martin interject with Mary Lou MacDonald. You saw eventually when Leo Varadkar roused himself it was because Michal Martin was jabbing him that he sprang to life so it was like they were marking their direct opponent rather than participating across the whole seven way of nature of the debate and so no health at all which seemed bizarre no childcare no insurance uh, no public transport pressures an awful lot of key issues for voters just didn't get raised this evening yeah the health one in particular was strange given that it has been the dominant along with housing issue of the campaign it was kind of strange that it wasn't featured in the debate but the housing discussion went on for far longer than I anticipated like the coalitionology was the first question asked by Claire Byrne but that was dealt with relatively rapidly within 5-10 minutes if even that but then the housing one went on for almost for half an hour or more and I think perhaps because that was given such length and such space to breathe that maybe for the sake of balance although we don't notice for definite that Leo Varadkar got an easier question on tax where he could kind of expand on what his policy positions are but it was strange that health wasn't discussed and particular quality of life issues like you say such as childcare and again the discussion on climate change came very late was relatively short and you'd expect that to feature more heavily too. Yeah and that's two debates in a row now where childcare has just been tacked on at the end mind you, the reality is that there is another seven litre debate happening in just two days time I think it's probably unlikely that Virgin Media and RTE coordinate who's going to ask what questions but I saw Matt Cooper on Twitter as the debate tonight was coming to an end saying that you know health will be in the agenda on Thursday and some of those other issues presumably will be covered as well. Yeah you would think so that I would imagine that would be a bit more of a perhaps not aggressive debate more robust debate because Clareburn moderated that debate very well but as we know of Ivan Yates in particular and Matt Cooper they have a much more in your face aggressive style of interviewing and questioning they're much more likely to take the leaders up on various positions and you would imagine that that will be a I suppose Debate maybe it's maybe a sparkier debate, and maybe the fact that the presenters could be more aggressive could enliven the leaders into being more aggressive with each other too. But I doubt that the debate on Thursday night will have the audience of this one. Like let's face it, two hours is a long time to sit through. I would imagine that although people are quite interested, that it's a lot to ask them to sit through two two-hour debates in the space of a week. And I think while it will be a significant posting in the campaign that it's all probably leading at this point to the next head-to-head which is coming on Tuesday week ahead of polling day on Saturday February 8th I think that's probably the next really significant one not downplaying the seven-way debate but I'd say people's patience was was tried tonight. I can't see many rushing to their sofas on Thursday night. No, I'd say viewers' thoughts might be straying to Netflix by the time by the time we get to Thursday. All right, listen, Fig, we should leave it there. Thanks very much for staying up this late and talking to us. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in your feed very soon. Thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon. Remember, if you want to subscribe to the Irish Times, you can go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe and you get a great deal, one euro just for the, for the first month. Um, we'll be back, as I say, very soon. You can find us on the usual podcast platforms. You can find us at irishtimes.com com/podcasts you can mail us at politicspodcast@irishtimes.com you can find us on twitter talk to you soon